This uh, month, or month of preaching, we've been looking at our DNA, who we are as a church. We've been looking at the fact that we are spirit receiving, we are people reaching, and today, today we're going to look at the fact that we are uh, a potential releasing church, and uh, it, it's going to be great. So, welcome. Uh, if you're new, if you've not been many times before, you're very welcome this morning after after our meeting, we stay, we have tea and coffee. I'd encourage you to stay, say hi to some new people and, uh, and connect with us. My name's Mark. I've got the privilege of being part of the leadership group here at Jubilee. And, and this morning, we're going to look at what it means to be a people, a church that releases potential. And, and I was just thinking about um, TLG. And I do feel this. I feel like you know we've talked about um, setting up a transforming lives for good centre, a school, uh, and it occupying part of our building, which is you know, and you see people on on a Sunday morning saying over there. And I've always had this kind of like mindset, and maybe I'm slightly wrong, but I've always had this mindset that this has been a project that we, as a whole community haven't found easy to get our heads around exactly what it is and what it looks like. Uh, and, and we say, we're running a school and it's over there. We're running a school. How many students will it have? Between, I don't know, maybe 8 and 16, something. But it will vary. What, what kind of students are they? Well, they, they're people who are in Christ, or maybe or maybe not about to be expelled from school. Where do they come from? Well, we don't know yet, actually. But probably Hull, uh, certainly in the region. And, and it's one of those things that... It, it's hard to articulate exactly what it looks like. You know, if, if we say we're going to run a breakfast club and it's going to be on a Tuesday morning, we've got a handle on what that looks like as a community. But people who have got the ability to get some half-decent qualifications and play a productive role in society and hold down a decent job, don't. Because they don't get to the end of their schooling. They don't get qualifications because they get trapped in sexual exploitation. They get trapped in parental neglect that leads to them just giving up on their education. They get trapped in different kinds of um, solvent and drug abuse. And, and by setting up a centre, we're not doing a, some nice kind of social outreach we're releasing the potential of some people whose potential would be wasted if we weren't together sewing into financially, praying in support, and hosting in our building a centre that, that does something for, for individual lives. You know, God has rescued us, and collectively we work together to help rescue others. And I just think that um, it's great this morning that we're talking about potential releasing at the same time that we're talking about the fact that we're getting closer and closer to opening our own TLG center. Because our TLG center is going to rescue some people whose potential would just be wasted. And instead of being someone who isn't able to contribute, they're going to be someone who makes a net positive contribution. Someone who is able to not just um, look after themselves, but be able through their abilities to look after others. And that's something that God's opened for us to be able to be involved in. So, so um, 
I'm pleased that what I'm saying is linking in with what God's already bringing to us this morning. So when we're talking today about potential releasing, when we look at the Word of God, it inspires us. When we look at the Word of God, we see revelation. We also get recalibrated, and I think one or two of us this morning, the attitudes and the way we, we, we outwork ourselves and the way we, we interact with our projects and each other to see potential release, I believe this morning we're going to be recalibrated by the Word of God, that, that our attitudes are just going to be brought back onto the signal. Now, you know, it in, in modern days, when you recalibrate a radio, you kind of like tweak the tuning a little bit. I remember um, watching Only Fools and Horses and Del Boy inquiring about the calibration of a video, whether it had received a whack of any description. And in the old days, the recalibration of the TV used to be a whack on the side. And, uh, and we're laughing, but I've, I've just got this feeling that one or two of us, we're, we're going to receive a whack on the side to recalibrate us, to bring us back, to get the picture sharp again this morning. So if we could have the next slide. We're talking about the fact that we are a potential releasing church, that it's a core part of who we are. You know, there's so many facets to how God works in us and through us. But as a church, we, we, we have four different banners that reflect four different core principles of who we are and how we operate. And this morning we're looking at potential releasing. If we could have the next slide. It's part of our DNA. Now, I, I work in education. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I do. I'm helping set up a new sixth form. But, but in terms of what I've taught, as a teacher, I've always taught biology. It's, it's my subject. And, and you talk a lot about DNA as a molecule and what DNA does. And we talk a lot about the fact that DNA is like the blueprints. It's, it's the, the absolute like instructions of what something should look like. But, but it's more than just what something looks like. You know, my, my appearance is determined by my DNA. But some of us can sing incredibly well. I'm not one of those. Some of us can sing incredibly well. And part of that ability to do that activity is, is down to our DNA. So our DNA doesn't just, doesn't just explain what we look like in terms of structure, but our DNA also explains or partly explains how we operate. So when we looked at potential releasing, that, that last slide talked about what we do as a church to release potential in terms of our groups, in terms of our structure, in terms of our, our organization, in terms of how we set things up. But it's more than just structure. It's also about how we operate, how we are. If we could have the next slide. See, God has a plan and a purpose to release the potential that is within people. So in Isaiah 61.3, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, 
and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And there's something in this that's, that's transformative. It's not a slight improvement. We're replacing ashes with a crown of beauty, replacing mourning with the oil of joy, replacing a spirit of despair a feeling of not being able to contribute, a feeling of not having anything of worth with a garment of praise, that that people will become established. And it says oaks of righteousness. I didn't know this, if you could have the next slide. It, it never actually occurred to me, but the Bible is written in, in you know, the land of Israel and Palestine, and actually they don't really do oak trees. The, the tree... That is translated oak tree in the Bible is generally a terebinth tree. Um, and in some ways, the, the terebinth tree, because the oak tree looks pretty cool, doesn't it? You know, if you think about the British countryside, which is obviously God's favourite countryside on the whole planet. But, but the British countryside, particularly Yorkshire, um, it's his second garden after Eden. Now, if you think that that's not true, any of that... Just, we were clear on that, that was artistic license. Um, yeah, the oak tree in England looks great, but it's alongside lots of other trees, lots of other great trees, kind of like, like elm trees and all the rest of it. That, that's my tree knowledge now finished. And they all cast shadow and they all cast shade and they're all established because they're in an area of the world that gets a lot of rain and trees grow really well and you get lots of different tall trees of all different varieties. When we're thinking about like the desert scrub, an established tree is perhaps something that's, that's even more noteworthy. And an established tree that casts shade under which other things can benefit is even more noteworthy. And God is saying, this is what my people will be like. You know, I want my people to come out of all those things that they're in and become these things which are trees which are established, which are mighty, which cast shade. So if we can have the next slide. There's one of the things about the promises of God that, that sometimes it's possible to go, I see that picture. I see that God has got a plan for people, but we find it hard to embrace it for ourselves individually. Um, but we need to take this personally. You know, these thing about releasing the potential within people, yes, it's about setting up a social action, doing something as a community of people that releases people to come into something else, but it also applies to me. It also applies to you. We need to take it personally. You are, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, I mean, this is pretty kind of like laying it on thick on God's behalf. He's kind of like, do you get the message yet? You know, it's not just you're a chosen people, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are, and this is what God would say to you, 
You are my special possession, so that you may do all these wonderful things. And, uh, you know, maybe we do sometimes struggle to accept it, but if we think about how God talks about what he thinks about us, it makes it easy to accept. If we could have the next slide. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. And, and when we come and we gather together, you know, we're a, we're a diverse community. And, and at some point in, in, in our lives, at some point, normally, you know, we get to a stage where at some point we're broken over something. And on any Sunday morning, there's probably some of us who, who are just feeling broken, who are just feeling like, I've not got it. I've not. I can't see it. And God would say, if that's you, God would say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You, you are my special creation. So God's got this plan to develop people and to release their potential and to bring them to a place where they become established. So how, how does God do that? If we could have the next slide. The answer is, it's through us, through ourselves in a community together following Jesus. Now, I always, I always think, you know, when you think, so, so he's got a bit limited then. He, he's, he's God needing a hand. You know, God's got this plan and this purpose. He's got a supernatural aim to, to take people on and to bring them to be all that they can be. But he needs some helpers to help him get the job done. He needs me and he needs you because he's maybe not quite powerful enough on his own and a, and a little bit of rothery, rothery savviness might, might just support God in his, in his mission. It, it isn't really like that. I, always, I, always, I like this uh, a scripture in Matthew 17, uh, in 24 to 27. There's a little picture about taxes and Jesus is talking with one of his disciples and uh, they need some money to pay some taxes and Jesus is saying, you know, you pay to Caesar what's Caesar's and you give to God what's God's. Um, so, so we need to pay our taxes because it's the right thing to do. Just, just go down to the lake and put a fishing rod in. And the first fish you hook out, uh, just, just look in its mouth. Uh, and, and the disciple goes down and fishes. And the first fish comes out and, he, and there's a gold coin in its mouth. And it's like, yeah, if God wants to do something by his own design and his own devices, then he can do it. It's not that God needs us, his church, to work his will in Hull, in this region. It's that he chooses to use us. He chooses to allow us to partner with him in establishing his kingdom in this area. It's his choice. It's not that he has to because of any kind of limitation on his behalf. It's God chooses us. And that through the church, and in the, in the New Testament, the word church is ecclesia. It's a Greek word, and it means those that are called out and those that are called together. You know, this building is, is a great facility, but it's not a church. Um, this gathering is not church. We didn't come to church this morning. We, we are church. We came to a meeting in a building 
But if we were the same people in a field, we would still be his church. If we're doing different projects in different groupings, we would still be his church because his church is the body of believers. And we're an expression of that, a community and a congregation. But anyone who calls on the name of Jesus and says that you are my savior is part of his church. And it's through his church that the manifold wisdom of God Manifold, I think it's nothing to do with exhaust. I think it's a word that's used more than once. It means it has lots and lots of different angles and edges and sides to it. The manifold wisdom of God, the many-handed wisdom of God may be made known. Now, now my next slide, I'm, I'm trying to put this, this, this is a bit limited, this next slide, but let's have it, please. I'm trying to put this into kind of like some kind of framework. Um, so hopefully it shows us something. If we think about ourselves on the left-hand side, that's me or that's you, and, and we engage with God, and we're involved in a community of believers, and as we do so, we're, we're in growth groups, and we're, we receive encouragement from other people, and that helps us to grow and for the potential we have inside us to come to fruition and to be realized. So as a Christian... Being part of God's church helps us release the potential that God's placed inside of us. But it's not all about me. It's not all about you. So as you play an active part, joining with a community of other believers, what happens is that very activity should, and God would want it to, reach out beyond just yourself, but also to impact other people. And that through the church, other people are blessed and that their potential is released. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like we're all got water, loaded up water pistols and we're in some kind of fight and we're soaking each other and we're getting soaked at the same time. And anyone else that walks in gets soaked as well. It, it's the blessing of God. Um, if you have the next slide, you know that kind of like New York, New York, it's like so good they named it twice. Well, I'm not sure about this, but I think this concept is, is so important. I'm just going to talk about it twice um, in two different ways. So for those of you who like flowcharts, maybe the flowchart worked. If, if you're more of a words person, then this is me trying to put it in words. You know, the first thing is, you know, you've got a potential doesn't matter whether you feel it or whether you don't feel it. doesn't matter how easy you find to embrace or not to embrace. You've got a potential to do more than you're currently doing. And that's been placed in you by God. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan is for the potential within you to be released. The way in which God is releasing that potential is primarily through his church. The church is the vehicle of Jesus Christ for the world. And collectively, we are the church. So the way we act individually and the way we act collectively should be, well, let's change that, that's a bit negative. If I rewrote that now, I'd, I'd, I'd say is. The way we act individually and collectively is releasing the potential in each other and all those that we're able to reach and bless. Uh, so, so, you know, how does it look? If we have the next slide. 
You know, we, we talk about it um, as one of the core things. Uh, and it, it's better to look at it from the core outwards. You know, if we look at it from the outwards inwards, we go, oh, yeah, there's all these different groups. This is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And then, you know, why is that? Well, if we start with we want to be a church that releases potential, what happens in our growth groups? You know, so in our growth groups... Uh, I've written it so small I can't read it. Hopefully you can see it. But it's in a booklet. If you can't, if you can't read it now, uh, you can see it in a booklet. But, but our aim is for our groups to be places where new members get integrated in quickly to the church family. They're, they're involved in discipleship and come to maturity. And it's cultivated through our groups. So these things here, you know, what we do with our children, what we do with our youth, what we do with our older youth and our um, I don't know, what do you call you when you've been 20 and 30 years old? Are you young? Are you, are you young adults? Are you, are you old? If you're old when you're 20 to 30, I'm doomed. Um, I was going to say something cheeky, say, and Jim, if I'm, but I won't. Anyway, so, and all those things, right. All these things, though, are things we organize at a community level, aren't they? If we can have the next slide... The last thing I want to talk about, just as we, as we head towards the close, is that is who we are. That is our DNA. That is how we structure ourselves and how we operate. But how we operate is not just what we do collectively. It's also how we work that out as individuals within the community. And there's this great picture in, in the Bible in 1 Samuel 14, and Jonathan who is um, the son of King Saul, wants to go on a little mission and see what God will do. And, and he sees a Philistine garrison, some of the enemies of Israel at the time, and they're, they're, they're up this kind of like rocky crag. And he's with his armor bearer, and he just says, if we go up there, maybe God will do something. If if we go and do this thing, if we go and put ourselves out there, maybe God will do something, and maybe we'll... Basically, he's looking for a fight. Um, and, and he says to the armor-bearer, no, it may be that the Lord will work for us, and we know that nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And he's just him and his armor-bearer. And the armor-bearer says to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish, Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. And, and my question, really, and my challenge to, to, to me and to you is, am I, am I somebody's armor bearer? You know, am I saying, is my interaction with individuals saying, be all that you can be? You know, what can I do to help you be all that you can be? How, how do I interact with people to help them go and fulfill all that they're capable of fulfilling. There's, there's something here which is like, you know, it's empowering, isn't it? We're, we're called to be people that empower each other. We're called to be people that release and develop. We're not called to be people that constrain each other. We're not called to be people that keep in a box. There's a type of charity, and, and I bet you've all seen it. I bet you know it well. There's a type of charity... That suppresses. There's a type of giving that makes people like me 
white middle-class people makes them feel good, but it doesn't bring transformation. That's not God. That's not us. That's not the kind of good works and social action that we're called to. We're called to something which is completely liberating. It's not just wanting to see that person grow and develop and perhaps become someone that, that I end up looking to, but it's also wanting that person to receive the spiritual gift of eternal life as well as all those character development and, and human qualities that we want them to have. It's not a giving to make me feel good. It's not a working to make me feel good and, and to keep somebody in a box. It's a working to say, what's in your heart? How can I help you achieve what's in your heart? So my question really is, you know, how deliberate are we? How, how prayerful are we in considering the opportunities in front of us? Uh, you know, it says in Ephesians 3.10, through the church, and we're seeing it. You know, this is, not a, this is not a preach of, here's something I've seen that, you know, we need to start a journey into, we need to take a step. No, no, we've, we've left the station, we're on the train, we're seeing things happen, we're seeing things develop, we're seeing change in Hull, we're seeing change in the region, and through different impacts we're seeing change across the world. It's a journey we're on, but I'm encouraged that in Ephesians 3.10 it says, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. We may have left, but we ain't arrived. You know, the, the scripture Sue read when we were worshipping said this. It said, the same power, the same power that brought Jesus from the dead, the resurrection power, is the power coursing through us as a body of people. So we're going we're gonna to move back into worship. And, uh, and as we do so, we'll be in different places. You know, we'll be thinking, yeah, that was... There's a couple of scriptures there I really need to think about. There'll be people thinking, my attitude has actually sucked at times, and I need to, when we worship, I need to say, God, just uh, help me in this. And for some of us, we'll be saying, God, I just want to make a difference. I, I need you to show me where to put my efforts. So let's, uh, let's worship again. And I'm going to pray, and then as we worship, respond to God.